Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Welcome along to the Hurling Show. It's myself and Brian here in the line today. And I wasn't sure if I was going to do a podcast today. And then I sat down and I watched the, the club hurling. And I went, why the hell wouldn't we, Brian, do a podcast today? It's all Ireland club semi-finals. Like, what was he even thinking last Thursday? Yeah, well, you know, you have to keep the hurling going. That's most important. But <laughs> no, you have to you have to give the boys their credit. It's a huge day in the calendar for so many clubs. And especially the... Um, not just looking at the senior clubs, but the junior and intermediate all Ireland as well. Like you know, these are these are massive days for any clubs, and really, it's it's um, it's what hurling and football, I suppose, is all about. It's why it's the it's the real nutshell for for any GA fan out there when you hear and listen back to any of the big county hurlers or footballers when they've won loads of things with their clubs. Can any hurlers come to mind? Some of the Dublin footballers, they always talk about anything they ever won with their club it seems to yeah. just hits home it, it's real true to the heart stuff and um, I know we went on a fantastic run back in 2012 and look we didn't win the All-Ireland but you know we were damn close but you know we still remember those days so fondly yeah you, you definitely would and it's almost like club football and hurling the preparation now is almost like it was at Intercounty when I kind of started so like it still has that purity and it's still maybe two days a week you'll do your weights programme and there's no media bans and there'll be no huge drink bans and it just seems like it's at that level of football that I f- or hurling that I fell in love with the commitment levels involved where you take it absolutely serious and it's still your life it's just not dominating your whole life like maybe the intercounty season does yeah I think it's more a common sense approach um, my biggest issue with intercounty at the moment and it's one of the main reasons there's no way I could go back 
But for a training session at half seven, you have to be there at half six between physio and foam rolling and yeah. extra practice that's expected of you and same afterwards and meetings upon meetings and you know, analysis and all the data that's involved in it and it's just I don't know if you're becoming any better a hurler or a footballer as a result. Um you're obviously becoming a better athlete but um, you know, at times it can be it can drain you. Whereas the club it's as you said, okay, it's absolutely everything here. It still dominates your thoughts and all that, but yeah. you are able to balance your life that just a little bit better and it doesn't seem to be as you know, as hard on the mind as in the county. Yeah, no, exactly. So Ballyhill put Ballyhill and Ballygunner it wasn't a classic by any means. It wasn't really a, a great game. It was a very good performance by Ballyhale in the second half. So they've um, won every semi-final they've been in, except for Portumna beat them in that classic with the five goals back in 2010. So they're going for their seventh title. Um, they're the market leaders, really, in in club hurling. And they're back with a new team. And like these lads don't look half bad, some of these young fellas. And that's the scary thing with them. Um, you know, you have to say a fair play to them. You know, okay, they've won the last two hundred twenty one county titles in Kilkenny. So, you know, they're not they're not picking them up off the side of the street and bringing them along for the match. Um, you know, you look at their main down the centre, their main players, Joey Holden, Michael Fenley, T J obviously and and uh, Colin Fenley and you think, look, they're household names, we all know about them. But it's their youngsters. Um, you know, it's in it's in those corner backs and corner forward and wing forward positions that they're really stepping up to the plate. Um they have some record from Bally Hale for such a small area. Yeah. And, and and to think what they've done consistently over the last 30 or 40 years. You know, close to, to me at home, obviously, Borough the, uh, was the team of the 90s and, and early noughties. And they were phenomenal. And they got four All-Irelands out of it. But per, or Bally Hale in particular has gone through three or four of these teams. That's that's the thing that's that's huge for such a small rural area. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I mean, and it will even have Thomas's now who survived the scare against Cush and Dog. They've seven survivors from two thousand and thirteen. It's six uh, years ago, and they're a tiny little um, area as well. I think just uh, I was reading quotes from David Burke, who's coming up on the show a little bit in a little while there's only 200 houses in the area so like I mean it's incredible the, the and like you'll know in Cool Derry and I wouldn't know if coming from Port Leash which is very hard to get that community spirit kind of going that like I mean it means so much that kind of community spirit in it together and against the odds because we see upsets in club hurling and football whereas we don't necessarily see it as much at inter-county level yeah, and I think that's the real joy of it. And we've seen it with Mullionaka, obviously, earlier yeah. um, in the Leinster final, beating Kilmacud. And, you know, that's that's what makes it fantastic. Um, you know, St. Thomas is a great club. We actually played them almost to a year. We played them in that 118, a practice match, and we drew. Now, they were missing their couple of county players. So it just shows how far they've come in the year. And they're in, they're in All-Ireland final now. Um, you know, and I suppose we were in, we were in a, very close to getting to a Leicester final, so it just shows it's a year-round thing. But St Thomas have a great, um, great history there as well. They often always been up at senior, but they've got a group of players there now. They talk about this under twelve B um, championship that they won, and it's amazing they can always point. You know, that's the mainstay of their team, and David Burke obviously and Conor Cooney. They're the, again the main men, but it's actually the men around them um, that are. You know, making sure that that's how you get to this top level. It's they're they're not weak in any position. So, again, the club is king here. It's such a great competition. They're very rarely you see, um, you know, a one-sided affair, and uh, I think we especially saw that in the in junior and intermediate Ireland. 
Yeah, definitely. Two two, two talking points out of the Ballyhale-Ballygunner match. So it was nip and tuck for a long time. And I thought there should have been a penalty for Ballygunner. I'm not sure if there was much talk about it or what you thought. But, like, I mean, their corner forward got a flick on it and he was completely taken out of it. Do you remember that down in the second half? And then <coughs> Ballyhale came up five minutes later, got the goal, and that, that was kind of game over then. Um, what did you think of that penalty incident? You know, kind of like almost like soccer where you knock the ball ahead of the goalie and then he takes you out. Do you know, it was yeah, almost, exactly. it was almost yeah, a bit yeah. like that, where he'd gotten the flick ahead of him and then got taken out a bit after. I don't know if, her, if like, it, that's a penalty in soccer, but, uh, like, you get a penalty fairly easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're unlucky as well, because it looked like the ball got stuck in the mud. You, yeah. You were convinced the ball was going to go into the back of the net, and next when it got stuck in the mud, came back across. And you're dead right, he was taken out, but he got to the ball first. But um, I suppose the referee just kind of looked at it that, uh, you know... The, the boat went to the ball and, uh, you know, it was a fair challenge because the boat just arrived at the one time, but he definitely got to the ball first. But you very rarely see them given, being honest, Colin. I agree with you. Lesser the law, it technically is a penalty, but I think uh, it's very rare you've seen them given. But uh, they probably felt a little bit aggrieved from that perspective, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in fairness, like, they were beaten so well in the second half, they probably feel, they wouldn't feel right complaining about that, uh, you know, that penalty incident. Did well, you see... Three points from play now. Terrible, it's yeah. not good enough no. either. And all Ireland's yeah. semi-final, you know, like there will be hugely disappointed with that return. Yeah, no, definitely. T- did you see the TJ Reid kick pass across to Evan Shefflin for a point? It was on 16 minutes. It was a thing of absolute beauty, bringing the big ball into the small ball game. Let's see more of this. <laughs> hey, I did it myself one day in Nolan Park and put it in the back of the net against Kilkenny. So, ah, uh, lovely. Uh, <laughs> when you've no choice, you just do whatever it takes. But I tell you what, it's a lesson for anyone that's... Um, that's out there and it's not about the, the, the bit of skill that he did it's a lesson in just play what's in front of you because he'd no hurl instead of turning around and whinging to the referee he just got on with it and he saw there was still an overlap there and you know kicked out the ball out to the wing and just did whatever it took whether yeah. it was a, a hand pass or a kick pass whatever it took because it just shows the attitude I, I'm not eulogizing about TJ here but the attitudes of all top players you know, the referee's nearly in their way because if he's blowing the whistle, he's holding them up. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. no whinge into the referee. And look, we've all been there, Willie. You know yourself, the day you're on fire, the day you're really tuned in, the referee is inconsequential. But the day you're a little bit off your game, you'll be there and you'll be whinging to the referee, looking for the freeze and, and on all those sort of things. But it just shows the attitude was spot on there. Here, I'm just on that. So say like you're running along with the ball and you know you're panicked. There's a, you can feel a lad right behind you and you're going to get hooked. Would it, would it make more sense to kick past a few more passes like that? Or would, you know, you, you would I very... am forever saying it to our midfielders and half-forwards. When you're under pressure, will you just kick it forward? Because yeah. it's actually a great ball to get because of the trajectory that it comes at. Right. And it, it generally will come... Um, if, if if you get out to it, it'll come between your waist and, and your head, which is where you kind of want the ball, or else it might even bounce once in front of you. So it can actually end up being a great ball forward if lads actually use it a little bit more. Obviously, the problem is, is that if you if they mightn't, you mightn't be too skillful. Um, we're concentrating more on our wrists, so uh, <laughs> they mightn't be actually getting the great ball in if they miscue it. But it can actually work, especially when you're under pressure, as you just said. Yeah, exactly. And there wouldn't be too much pace on it, so it would be really easy to catch. It would be more of a hanging one. Well, though we saw um, Aaron Galan trying to kick uh, slitter, so maybe this isn't as easy as TJ has made. Uh, we saw him at the at the top level in Croke Park trying to do it. So I think he tried to bend one off. The the inside of his boot into the top corner. Yeah, I he don't got know that. what he was trying that day, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Um, Stephen O'Keefe, right? So the Ballyhale scored a goal and Stephen O'Keefe did the contact lenses. 
kind of trick. I'm not too sure. I We all know the different tricks that teams do to go down and when a team gets a goal or gets 1-1 and gets a bit of momentum on you, you're supposed to break it. I'm not sure at the time Stephen did it, it made much sense because it's nearly Bally Gunner want to get the ball back down the goal and start maybe, you know, attacking Bally Hale. But he did the contact lenses trick to slow things down. Yeah, the day of going down with a cramp or an injury is gone, so the referee won't allow that. <laughs> he, he'll just say, play on, play on. The one thing he cannot, he can't do anything about it is the goalie. And I've seen this trick come in time and time over the last few years. And Stephen went down, probably probably trying to slow it down. It was definitely premeditated to score the goal in the second half. You know, he did slow it down and try and, and regroup. But as, a, as a, I said to you off air, we got caught in this one by Cheddar. He's not here to defend himself now at the moment, but Cheddar pulled the right one against us in Championship Leash against Offaly uh, back a few years ago. Uh, Leash were they were coming strong. They were, they were really knocking on the door. Finally beating us during my time as an Offaly hurler. And uh, we got to run them in the first half, even though they were playing a sweeper. Look, went a few points ahead. Next minute, Owen O'Reilly goes down with his famous contact lens trick and down he goes. <laughs> Referee, I'm roaring at the ref. Ref, can you not see? It's as obvious as they like, but no. So the, in fairness to them, uh, the whole leash backline midfield went into a huddle. The forwards went into a huddle. This was all pre-planned. Um, whatever instructions Cheddar needs to get on, he got on the reset. And by half time, they, t- they took control of the game and they set themselves up for their second half. So, Look, whatever it takes sometimes, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what the GEA or the referee can do to stop it either. Because yeah. if the goalie goes down, like there's no one to pick out the ball. I don't know unless he unless he throws it in, but it's it's, it's just dangerous ground. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I didn't really think about that. The go- the game can't restart. Although maybe a full back back in the day when you have a terrible goalie in the goals, the full back might come in, and I've definitely seen that. Um, go on, but I don't know if the goalie is lying down. But I must I must ask Cheddar about that. The the wily old fox. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> he knows why that. Don't worry. Right, so Galway's Oran Moore Marie. Right, so Oran Moore Marie. Damien Hayes told me last Thursday that they're only called Oran Moore. That the, no one in Galway calls them Oran Moore Marie. And a good few people have tweeted me to tell me that loads of people call them Oran Moore Marie. So maybe no one in Portumna calls them Oran Moore Marie. Might be closer to it. They were seven points down in the first half. Came back first ever Galway team to win an intermediate, which I thought was a surprise. Um, statistic from that but there was a one coming out of that we'll talk about Niall Burke in, in performance of the weekend and uh, F- uh, Fitzgibbon as well but uh, in discipline from Charleville which is very unusual for an All-Ireland um, final so they had Jack Doyle and Cahill Carroll sent off during the second half for off the ball incidents now these look to be strikes and there were uh, yeah. red cards and I just thinking to myself it's an All-Ireland final like you get away with strikes like that in a challenge match on a Sunday morning, do you know that kind of way. But like, it's just so unusual to be striking a fella off the ball in an All Ireland final. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you follow the Buffy Egan? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. So I actually, in fairness to him, you have to give him a credit to this one. I watched um, both games through the bus eyes yesterday, and he catches the um, the second sending off on it actually. Right. So it, it seemed that. The corner back and, and corner forward they went in over a ball and, and, and there was a free given and the corner forward pulls a little bit out of the corner back and the corner back just kind of jabs back at him not you know he, he right. hits him and he knows he's hitting him but he doesn't let him or anything corner forward goes down in a hip and it's a sending off 
little bit harsh, being honest. You know, I've seen a lot worse go on in, in hurling fields. I know letter to law, you can say he jabbed him with the hurl into the into the stomach and all that, but um, being honest, I thought it was a little harsh. A yellow card probably would have sufficed there, being honest. I think... Uh, you know, it's getting a little bit too soft at this stage. If if you start if you start going letter to law and hurling, sure, we're going to end up in seven and eight side. That's so true. how how are these fellas viewed then? Because that does shine another light on it. This is a bit of gamesmanship. I'll clip you. You don't do anything. You clip me back, and then I go down. Like I mean, it's gamesmanship, and it's setting that up for a red card. How are these fellas that are into these tricks viewed within the hurling? Because hurling is still a really, really manly game. Like, are there fellas... Like, I'm sure if you do this once, like, it might work in the match, but you'd be re- you'd be viewed in a very bad light in... and sm- You know, oh, we know hur- hurling yeah. is a small oh. enough community. 100%. And I actually... I have no respect for anyone that does that. And I nearly got caught on it myself this year in a in a club game. And, you know, and fairness to Brian Gavin, strong referee, and he realised, you know, there was there was... You know, as I said, I'm a forward. I don't go around hitting anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? And just, I just, I've no respect for players like that. And that's the truth. I don't, I don't count them. I don't count that as manly whatsoever. You know, I've no problem taking a belt. I've taken plenty of them. And tough hurling, no problem. You know, give it to me hard. That's no, no problem at all. And we'll shake hands afterwards. It's all part of the game. But this simulation or lying down and trying to get lads sent off, that drives me crazy altogether, being honest. Yeah, yeah. Would there be lads known for the inter-county level? You don't need to na- you don't have to name them if you don't want to, but would there, <laughs> would there be fellas known for that, that they might give you a clip hope and you give it back and they go down? It's No, it's not as prevalent as inter-county, being honest. Right. No, no. Okay. no. I, don't, I don't think so. It, I, no, being honest, it, it's a little bit more in club level, but it's not, look, it's not a huge issue. It's not like, but there is there is always going to be one or two that want to do it. And look, you'll get some people justifying it. Look, whatever it takes to get over the line, it's worth it. It's not worth it. Being honest, I'd rather have integrity. That's it. Okay, right. So Dunham Magan, they were one to sixty six um, favourites to beat Castle Blaney. It was the first ever Monaghan hurling club to ever play in Croke Park. And geez, this nearly turned out to to be a fairy tale um, story. Castle Blaney stayed with them the whole way. Uh, Dunham Magan scored seven unanswered scores. At the end, but Casablanca can absolutely hold their heads up high. One to sixty-six. Noel Hickey lifted the cup. So, like, while you'd be heartbroken for Casablanca, seeing Noel Hickey at the very end of his career lifting a cup, it's not like he hasn't enough bloody one. But at the same time, it's nice to see him win win that to kind of round off like a brilliant career. And uh, Noel Hickey is a look. He's obviously fantastic hurler. Raw as the cup at fullback, he will take you and eat you without salt. <laughs> and um, I had a great trip with Noel back a few years ago in um, in Rome in 2003 on a Railway Cup trip and we played Connacht over there and great old trip and um, Noel he's a great great character so uh, he, he enjoyed the red wine that night it was flowing, flowing fairly freely and uh, so uh, actually great story from that we were trying to get home from Rome and no taxis to be got whatsoever and uh, you know there's a scatter of inter-county hurlers so that obviously means nothing over in Rome or, or, or anywhere actually for that matter but uh, we're trying to get home no way could we get a taxi so we actually stopped we stopped a little Chicacento along, coming along and there was a, a woman maybe in her elderly maybe maybe in her 50s or 60s and myself and all pleaded with her shoulder the car to where we wanted to go in we to get and she dropped us off to the hotel so great old story but that's gone off in one but no Hickey great hurler um, delighted for him Dunhamagan are a proud club as well. They've they've been, you know, they've gone down through the ranks, and I suppose they're they've been trying to get back up to, 
you know, back up to senior hurling, you know, it's, it's hard to believe this, you know, that they were they were one of the stalwarts of Kenny Senior Hurling there for a long time. So they're on their, their long road back. But Castleblaine, yeah, you've mentioned them. Brilliant effort. Disappointing to see, you know, from from reading about it that they, they went they went to a sweeper when they thought they were in control and uh, it backfired. Right. Okay. Because there were three points up. There were three, they came back from three points down. Um, Dunhamagan had to. So, like, I mean, that yeah, that that would definitely be a mistake if that's what they did. But again, like, I mean, just a huge huge day for any of those for any of those clubs um, in Croke Park yesterday. I want to finish up. On the top of the show, before we get to David Burke asking you about controversy in Offaly, I have this down under the headline. So, former Tipperary goalkeeper and manager Ken Hogan has taken charge of St. Rhinas, having previously had spells in charge of Cool Derry and Burr. Cool Derry reached the 2012 All Ireland Club final under his guidance, only to lose to uh, Lockale Shamrocks. This is huge controversy. Ken Hogan has gone over to the dark side to Rhinas after being a, a hero in the Cool Derry Club. Thanks for that. Uh, Willie, <laughs> appreciate you bringing this live on air. <laughs> Ken, no, Ken's held in huge regard in Coolary, obviously. He actually, um, he was still hurling with Tipperary when he was in charge of Borough back in 91 and Borough got to a club all Ireland lost to Tormer, the start of the, the, the journey for that great Borough team. And then, yeah, took over us in 2009, the, halfway through 2009 season and we won county finals 10-11, won our first ever Leinster and got to Ireland and look, unfortunately, it didn't work for us that day. But you know, he's held in huge regard here in Coolary. But uh, he's been gone for us now for a couple of years, and he's obviously he sees something in Rhinus. Rhinus have won one county title out of I think it was four county final appearances. So they've been knocking on the door. Probably should have won more than the they actually got. Franny Ford, actually the coach for Galway, um, hugely involved with them for a number of years. He got them to the promised land that time. So Ken, yeah. Probably a little bit, from a personal point of view, a little bit disappointed the account Ken is such a huge part of my Larry career. But um, I won't even say I'm going to wish him luck because uh, I sincerely <laughs> don't wish him luck. I'll be coming up against him later in the championship. Yeah, it's definitely a, it'll definitely a strange one for everyone, I'd say, I suppose, looking across uh, the sideline at someone that you've shared so many good days with being with a rival now. Like, I mean, it's it's definitely... It's definitely a weird one. And what was he working at before Rhinus? Does he do the rounds, like keep himself busy with clubs? Uh, yeah, he went. He was in Borsnostri, Kilcotton, and actually won a county final with them as well. The ah, first right. ever. So, um, oh, Ken knows what he's at. Um, very, very astute hurling man. I think he was involved at Minute University as well. So, um, you know, he knows he's hurling. Very genuine, honest guy. And, uh, you know, in fairness, one thing he'll bring, he'll bring great enthusiasm and great confidence. And, uh, you know, I loved, I loved hurling under him, I have to say. All right, very good. So more managerial news is Danny Owens um, has stepped down, is he? Of Kilcormac? No, he's, he's gone he back start- with Kilcormac. Oh, he's gone back he's with him. Yeah, that was it. So he yeah. was before and he's gone back. So it was four years he was out. That's it. So he's back in with them yeah. um, again. So, like, I mean... Yeah. The the awfully club hurling is definitely heating up when you have yourselves defending champions Ken Hogan gone to Rhinas and now you have Danny Owens who's a, had a successful term um, with Kilcormac Kalahi the last time so like I mean it's not going to be easy to retain that one No it certainly won't and Danny Owens yeah gone back in there he actually won a county championship with Camrys um, in Leash last year so again another guy with huge experience um a contentious issue putting them back in there in Kilcormacalotti as um as everybody knows. Um some some people were for coming back, some weren't, you know, the same with 
sometimes managers you know, wonder is it a good idea or not going back into somewhere that we're so used to but he's back there now he brought them great success that um, they won three in a row county championships for their first time ever winning one and they went on to win three in a row and got to Ireland as well and were beaten by St Thomas's yeah. in 2013 so you know he, he knows what it takes to win too um, and Kilcarnock Lottie obviously are going nowhere so. Why would uh, people in the club not want him back as a matter of interest if they, if they won three in a row and got to a club All-Ireland or is that just the same yeah, politics happens in every club? Same politics is in every club you know yourself so yeah. look there's, there's, I, think that's, I think that's the same up and down the country you know yourself Yeah okay listen well, we'll keep our eyes out on the Offaly uh, Championship next year with all these managerial moving around right we'll talk to David Burke next Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but but you didn't we... let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. No, absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go but no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. <laughs> All right, St. Thomas has booked a place in the All-Ireland Final on Saturday after, be- after battling past Cushendall. And David Burke joins us on the line now. It was kind of squeaky bum time towards the end of that one, David. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, um, we were, I suppose everyone was probably saying it. We were definitely thinking on the field as well. And uh, I suppose there could have been a draw on it an extra time. Might have been maybe the fairest thing that would have happened at the end. But we, we did well to work the score. And, and David sure did might have to get put that ball over the bar at the end. I mean, everyone was... <laughs> We were all delighted anyway, and we just hang on, hang on, hang, hung on then at the end. So, how out of character was that for David Sherry, or does he fancy himself as a bit of a forward at times? Oh no, he'd be, he'd be a very versatile player. Like he would right. have played in probably most positions, don't play an underage and that up along, and um, probably goes in as our sweeper when he set up a sweeper sometimes against us. So he's done that against Clarence Bridge in the quarter final and. And Sash is in the semi final this year already where he's went up the field and got points. So ah, right. it wasn't anything new to us, but so it's probably for everyone seeing number four going up the field and the point might have been a bit out of the ordinary, but we were well used to seeing him going up the field and then scoring. Ah, okay, because I was described, I, I saw it on the, the highlights, I was described as a Donal O'Donovan point, that, like a cornerback who's never, it'd be nosebleed territory. But David is obviously, well, he, he struck it like it was a fella who knew what he was doing, anyways. No, I did. I say once it left the hurl, it was going straight over. Like cause there was a good few of us behind them at that side of the field. So you can see, I think there's a great picture there. It was Cushion uh, Dahl player and David Sherry and Connor Cooney, and you can see the joy on the two lads' faces, and then the Cushion Dahl lad was like, "Can't believe it's going over," that kind of thing. So um, yeah, it was it was a good moment in the game. I suppose it's it's still there was it was still maybe three or four minutes left in the game as well. So we had to obviously do a good bit of defending after that and, and hold out. So Cushendall played the sweeper and it's obviously, like you said, a, a system that you've come up before. So David plays your sweeper. And I always think, and it's a, it's a problem with uh, sweepers at inter-county level as well, they always just cover the full back line. They never make a nuisance of themselves. Do you know what I mean? Instead of just saying, it's always a defensive role that they get. But I think your manager, Kevin Lally, pushed David up towards the end of the game and he started causing problems then. Yeah, I think he he brought on Sean Scale in the backs and took off a back and pushed up Davis Sherry then you see then as a as another forward so it kinda of just meant we went kinda of man for men nearly but 
I maybe thinking during the game and coaching all coming at the end, I might I thought I thought they might push their sweeper up and maybe went for it. Not that they were going for it, it's just that if they had done it maybe before we did that they might have got more so I might have got a score out of it. But um Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's something I think we, I think to be honest, the only reason why we might have got over the game was the the respect that we actually had shown them coming into the game, I think so we knew that they're a really good team, we'd walked on and probably knew they'd play a sweeper and it wasn't a big shock to us when, when they did actually come because we knew they were going to come in the second half and we were kind of ready for it and kind of weathered the storm a bit and, and I think Dara and James Regan got two good scores half through the second half or maybe 10 minutes to go it kind of settled us back down again and um, I think obviously the tournament back in the second half was them getting the goal but um, yeah it was just a strange game every game to kind of life it down you know and it's it's one of them games where, where everything was kind of going for them in the, in the second half for us in the first half and we just hung out and did you think at half time you, you you were in a good position? Like thirteen points is a is a good score. I know there was a win there, but like I mean, you probably thought at half time, look, w- w- you would have taken that maybe before before the game with with the strong wind. It was a seven point lead. Yeah, you probably would have. Yeah, I was going in thinking Holly conceded the goal from the penalty. Maybe you know it was just that little thing. I thought if we hadn't conceded that and gone in, maybe the ten points up might have been more of a cushion. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, there was probably maybe that much of a lead, maybe eight, nine point lead that you probably needed with the wind. Now, having said that, like I thought we defended fairly well for most of it. Just, I think my man actually got in for the goal. He, he probably got the best of me now in fairness over the hour and he got in, got inside. They'd won a ball and he kind of made a run. He went one side the rook and I went inside and he got on to the end of it and, and ran through and stuck it in. That obviously was a massive score for him, brought him back into the game then you see. So, I think they got rattled off three points of a shot then very quickly to draw level and then we got two more after that. So it was a bit of a humdinger then towards the finish. But um, no, it was just, I think the best thing that we showed is probably our character. And we showed that probably all year because we had, we had played a game in the quarterfinal against Carebridge in the in, in the in the Gala Championship and we'd gone to extra time with them when, you know, Kenneth, I think Kenneth Burke got the left that day. So we kind of were in a, a game like that before and we were well used to it. And I think that, that character kind of helped us get up the line in the last day. Right. And do, does that break you get? Like, you've no provincial championship. Like, so when you win, you'll say you're fresher. But if you lose, you'll say, like, the Ballier game, you didn't show up for a lot of that game. And in that, the analysis after that game will say, oh, St. Thomas's, you know, weren't match ready. And then if you win, they'll say, oh, well, you were fresh. Like, how do you think, do you think it's an advantage or a, dis- a disadvantage? I think, I think it's just, I think it's just a lot of talk. I think it's just how the, the club themselves manages it between their game but prior to Christmas and then coming into after. I think that's a massive time frame on how to, how much training you do and how to get a right and how many matches you play because even if you play challenge games, it's not, you can't beat playing championship game like in our county finals the 18th of November, whereas in 2016 coming into the Ballet game it was even the end of October like it was before the midterm break in October so we had a whole month in November off and we actually went back training in December and trained all December that time and like we probably need to be trained because we had a month off already whereas now we had December off this year because the county final was late November and we went back training and we're probably probably that bit fresher and, and more of a mental freshness than anything really because um, you just probably want a break from it like lads are still looking after themselves fairly well they know that there's a big game coming up. They're not going to be, obviously, going on the view of the Christmas too much and yeah. they're eating properly, all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think it's just about managing that time frame between, obviously, we have maybe that bit more flexibility, but 
if you do play right up to Christmas and you stay training, you had the advantage of, you know, maybe six, seven weeks ago, you had that championship game and, and you might be still ready to go. I'd say it probably affects them teams more after they finish the All-Ireland series if they keep going the following year maybe because they might find it very hard to, to prolong that into the following championship again. So sometimes it mightn't affect that team where they played late into December until they've finished All-Ireland series and they go back into their club championship again in their prospective county. So I think it's just it's about managing it and it's, it's, there's no right way and there's no wrong way. I think no. you just have to say what, what way the squad is at the moment and feel how it is and I think that just comes down to the management and, and the plans they put in place. And it is hard to get right, you know, there is a winner and a loser. So you'll obviously be going back over every little detail you've done. Did we do that right if you lost or did we do this, you know what I mean? So it is, I suppose, you scrutinise a lot more when you lose. So TJ Ryan, former Limerick manager, is in with you this year. He's uh, part of Kevin Lally, who's your manager of the backroom team since last August. What kind of an input has he? Or is he there every now and then? Or is he there on a... Yeah, no, he's, no, he's there a good bit, yeah. He's like... Kevin, I suppose, came in the start of the year last year and he had two sectors with Claude Skehigan and, and Kenny Larkin there. Obviously, Claude was there before with my father, so there's a bit of a, a change over and Kenny Larkin then was, was a new selector in. So, um, I suppose they kind of approached TJ early on in the year and, and he couldn't really maybe commit early on when, obviously, the club championship was still at the early stages and in Galway, we have, we have five group games. So, we played the two in April and then there was a break. And he kind of came in then towards the end of the summer and was doing a session a week and, and that kind of stuff. And then as the knockout stages became more prevalent in, in Galway, he was there, kind of more sessions. And obviously he's been there now since we're training again back, maybe back at the start of Christmas or before Christmas and that. So he's been there and his input is good, I suppose. The, the, probably the hardest thing was just himself and Kevin getting, you know, making sure that, um, I suppose their views are right. And I think they've done brilliantly and they're, they're kind of mixing well and, and teach is very good when in a group setting. So, He's gone on very well with our, our players and it's, and it's going well. Yeah, because that's a big uh, decision for manager Kevin Lally to make to bring in a big inter-county name like TJ. And, uh, like, it's just in my head that TJ, he'd be a very good motivator, maybe a very good players man. That was the impression I kind of got him got a, of him when he was at Limerick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's like he's all for the players and he's he's brilliant at, you know, I suppose, men managing as well. And, and himself and Kevin work well together all the time. So, you know, they're always in and out of different drills and stuff like that. So, you know, they've they've kind of have a, I suppose they're they've a good match, I suppose, a good setup, which is sometimes it just happens without you even knowing as well. So um you know, that's like they wouldn't have known each other probably prior to that and got to know each other and, and as I said, I suppose Kevin's probably looking after a lot of other things where T just kinda he has a bit of crack with the lads now and again training, but he knows when I suppose he has that experience from being Limerick, he knows when probably the tough things that he said he's able to say them, John, and get players up for it as well. So there's a good there's a good mix to be fair to the survivors, all right. I was reading that there's seven survivors from the starting team that won in two thousand and thirteen. And then I'm reading that uh like the St Thomas's there's only about two hundred houses in the area. Like I mean, so that's a lot to lose from your All Ireland team and be back in another All Ireland for such a small kind of area. Yeah, I suppose if you take any of the other teams I suppose that Portumla team that won the four days I suppose the main group of players that they had and, and brought in probably maybe the likes of Connor here Matt and Dolphin after kind of first one or two that they won and I suppose yeah we were looking at it there kind of just saying that from that team we have we had massive experience that time and a lot of youth obviously was you know, some of the older lads now like I was 23 that time and and even with younger lads that time that were 16, 17, maybe 18 on the panel and were just kind of breaking on to the likes of 
Ina and Shane Cooney, Bernard Farrell, David Sherry around that age group and I suppose they 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 were a part of all of that. We probably weren't playing and when the older lads I suppose we we, we took a lot of learning from playing with the likes of you know, Rob Murray, Richie Murray and the Tanyan and Kenneth, you know, they were kinda of that older that older group and and uh them lads kinda of stepped up then I suppose and, and to be fair to them they're they're they've you know they've they've improved massively over the last couple of years and, and, and are very good players and even the likes of Key Manny cornerback now, he's only 19 years of age and seen Dan McGinn come in the last day at 19 as well and got a point. So we have kind of that, there is a, a, a lad you need to get in every year as far as freshening up and even since we won the last county final, we've, we've added in one or two as well. And I suppose there's a good panel of players there now at the moment and they're a good age and it's, I mean, they're all they're all fighting for to get on the team obviously now for, for Freddy's Day. So, uh, we're looking forward to trying now I suppose over the next few weeks yeah definitely you're down one brother from 2013 Sean's not there I couldn't find him anywhere he's, he's living in yeah, London was he reading? Is, he's living in London yeah but he'd just be involved there at the matches and stuff he'd just be doing the stats so oh, okay. he, he comes home there he just he was in, in the stand there or whatever helping out the lads because there's one or two lads there kind of clawed and stuff to do bit of stuff like that for us so it's more tired we, we can't go paying these lads to come in and and do stats with the guest Once you get lads within your own club that can do that kind of stuff, it's great because you kind of have your own kind of team or built around you and do them little small things, I suppose, that probably the manager probably wants to get information off. So he's kind of part of that and does a bit of that work. But, yeah. And he's no um, he's no interest in coming home and playing. It's just uh, coming home and doing the stats. Maybe doesn't train over in London or doesn't want to train. Or... Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I suppose he's... he's uh, he was, there was a lad on from there that one of the lads that must be taken over the junior meeting this year asked him would he come home and play a few matches now or <laughs> somewhere or that but he's, he's no interest in that now at the moment so I'm, I'm sure see, I'm see. sure I'm sure there's plenty of slagging in the Burke household that Sean's the stats man now while the rest of you five yeah, boys yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um, uh, yeah but it, like I wanted to talk to you about the, the five brothers on it in 2013 because that's very unique like I mean I've never heard of that many like you, you know to win and All-Ireland with that many brothers. And I remember actually just from that time, did RTE go down to your house the morning after the final and you were being interviewed in the kitchen and all? Do you remember that? Was that have I got yeah, that right? Yeah, I, 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 I try and vaguely remember that. Now, like, <laughs> that time. And, uh, like, you were trying to take it all in and even comparing the, the couple of semi-finals there, like you were just trying to, I suppose, enjoy the moment after the game or whatever with the fans, you know, they come out and seal or whatever and just... You know, shake your hands, I suppose, and just few photographs of you with young kids and that stuff. So you're kind of taking that in. And that time, I suppose, if we were all kind of young, we kind of, it just happened of a shot. And I mean, like, we, it, was, it was so massive for our club, like, it was it was huge. And, and obviously, with all the different sets of families that was in it, the Coonies, the Murray, the Kelly Scales, all them, like, there was, there was always a brother or a cousin there on, on the squad. And when you win like that with a group of lads, just that you probably start school at four years ago, four years of age. It's massive and it's it's special, and you always have the memories all the time. So, so they're they're definitely special times, right? Yeah. So you've got five brothers and yourself. Yes. Yeah, so there's the six brothers are on the team, and you've only one you've only one sister. So I hope she's interested in hurling or plays camogie, or she's listening to oh, dear, an awful lot of conversations. Camogie, right? Yeah, she does. She does. She used to. Uh, she was on the goal panel for a while, and uh, she played in Ireland. I don't think she won one. Uh, with the team team, but she might have lost two. She played Connor Falls there before, and um, she's a daughter there now, Kayla, and they've, they're they're mad, and she's nine years of age now. They won the under 10 championship there last year, and they're the manager. So the cycle is starting again now, and, and she's mad into that as well. So obviously, she's the PRO for the club as well, and she's hugely involved with that that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I suppose, especially in short. 
the father as well, he was involved in one more yesterday, so they they won the intermediate up in Crow Park, so Very good. he's he's a, a big day out yesterday as well. The Galway factory just keeps c- keeps continuing and continuing and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully you can keep going and for another while. Come here, just quickly on Galway, like I mean you're you're uh, you're not in with them, I presume, because you're with the club. Most county managers just leave the lads, go on and finish up, and yeah, then they would, get back yeah. in. Yeah, there'll still be a bit of a connection, like we try and do when lads. If lads are kind of doing their gym sessions there, we'd meet up with two lads and try and get in with them, and just kind of keep more bit of a communication, keep that barrier open, and, and obviously the field sessions and, and the training they're doing, we wouldn't be past that because we're probably training ourselves tonight. Yeah. So. We haven't really been there, no, no, no. Yeah, but double, once or twice. I, su- I, su- I suppose when you're captain, you feel a bit of a responsibility to show up to things that you might ah, not yeah, have just to. just kind of chatting lads and even just going to, the, going to not match or that. And I, would, I suppose we'll, we'll have plenty of preparation work ourselves now over the next few weeks, but uh, we'll keep an eye on how they're getting on and I, I suppose. And yeah, look, it's, there's, there's a good uh, group of players there at the moment again and there's younger lads brought in and stuff, so... Hopefully there'll be more or less push in place and that's all we kind of want to keep kind of creating this, that, that that environment is building up all the time and that you know, we can, I suppose, keep competing and make sure we're there to top if we can all the time. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you too much about Galway, but just one question because last year you kind of seemed to peak during the Leinster League part and you were blowing teams away and then when it got to the Leinster final and further on, teams were getting a lot closer to you. So, like, I mean, is that something you talk about how you... How you judged your year from a physical point of view? Yeah, I suppose there was, a, there was massive learnings for everyone and definitely apart from the physical side of things and, and all the strength and condition coaches and physical trainers would have, would have took a huge learning probably from last year and you can probably see how that's adapted already in t- team selections in the league and all that kind of stuff yeah. so um, they're probably getting more time into some lads' legs and rest and other players and stuff like that and I, I, I don't know, maybe it was a factor last year, more of a mental thing maybe as, as the year went on, more than Anton. I think physically we were, we were very good. Like if, if if you take the All-Ireland final, for instance, like we finished very strong physically-wise in the game. True. Maybe mentally we weren't at the pitch of it early in the game and that's why Limerick probably blew us away. So, um, I, and I think, I suppose, Clare coming, they're, they're a huge, huge and a, a good team as well, physical team, and they've, you know, they were probably getting better as the year went on as well. So, like, I don't know, did, did we kind of drop back? I think other teams probably caught up to us a bit as well and, and maybe they're there now and I think the championship going into this year is going to be very interesting. I think like there's a lot of teams there that are very capable of, of going on. So it's, um, everyone is getting better every year. I think there's no team that's going away really when you look at it. So it's going to be an interesting championship, I suppose, really. Yeah, it definitely is. But you've loads of work to do before that. So you can worry about yeah, that when yeah, it comes yeah, around. Exactly. Listen, exactly. come here, David. Thanks very much for taking the call. I yeah, appreciate cheers. it. Best of luck right, in the no final. Matter, not at all. Thanks for okay. A lot of people do say, what do you love about hunting? They do say. Uh, is, it, is it the fresh air? Is it the great outdoors? Is it the thrill? No. I just love killing things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so Paddy Power performance of the weekend. The first one I have down here is Niall Burke. Um, one eleven, one penalty, six frees, one sixty-five. So he got four from play. Um, lined out as a wing forward. Now whether he played wing forward or not is another story. But Niall Burke is a player I really like. He's a big, big, imposing um, fella who can score. Damien thinks he should be on the Galway team. What's your thoughts on him, Brian? 
Yeah, probably lacks a little bit of consistency. But, you know, when Damien says that, and I heard him mention a couple of other young players forwards to be, to be watching out for, but who who does he start instead of? Because well, the question. when he does start, Conor Cooney doesn't play. So then you say Conor Cooney has to be playing. So Joe Canning will definitely be playing. Uh, Donny Glynn's starting because he offers something different. Conor Whelan's arguably one of the best corner forwards in the game. So, it, you know, it gets in. Carl Mannion can shoot the lights out day in, day out. Jason Flynn can't make the team anymore. Yeah, And that's the guys, you know, they, these are household names, you know, so seven or eight into six doesn't go. Um, so it's it's great in saying all that, that they should be starting. But, uh, you know, again, to be fair to Michal Donoghue, you know, he has to pick guys that are on form and, and that's, you know, that's the nature of the course and I think that's the, the nature of any strong team. I think Galway probably have more issues in their back line and the lack of options they have back there. Um, it was all going well when they had consistency and everyone was hurling well and everyone was fit, but they saw they ran into troubles, when, when, especially with the prolonged season last year. That was it. So, so, so maybe moving Cahill Mannion into midfield might give Burke a spot in the forwards and might put Johnny Cohen in there You know, as that extra defender that maybe they need if anyone's out of, out of form. It looks to be what he's trying at yeah. the moment anyway, because Cahill Mannion can shoot, and he, he, well, he will shoot from anywhere, but he's well out to score when, when he finds his range. So maybe he offers something different from midfield, but... Very much from an attacking perspective, obviously. Yeah, that, well, that's a complete contrast to what Johnny Cohen offers because he pops up for a couple of scores and a couple of important scores, but he obviously would be more known for his defensive um, duties. So you know, you're, it's it's you're playing around with the team. Galway have lots of options. Lots of, the one thing you know to have the huge, huge, strong, physically strong men like they're all six foot at least, um, and they're all similar enough. Like you look at Niall Burke and Connor Cooney, even Joe Canning. These guys are all similar enough in stature. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't even mention um, Joseph Cooney then as well. Like, Jesus, you know, yeah. so you know, like these boys are are, are serious hurlers. So, um, you know, and then you've Johnny Glynn, an absolute monster. Then, like, imagine that that we're actually, you know, we're talking about all six footers there, and then we have an absolute monster that the Reds go completely fun on top of. What what what's your thoughts on Cahill Mannion? Because he's a, like what you said. You said Niall Burke can be inconsistent. Cahill Mannion infuriates me in that he's got so much ability and so much class, and then some days he could get six from play, and I wouldn't take a, a bit out of him from the wings, wherever. And then the next day he'll go out and he'll be marked out of it. How does he get that out of his game? Or like, I mean, is that ever going to go out of his game? Uh, yeah, it's hard to see. Like he's, he looks like he's in third gear all the time. Yeah. Just real nonchalant going around the field and he can spin on a sixpence and fire it over the bar left or right it doesn't matter um, yes probably you'd love to from a manager's perspective you're probably trying to light a fire in them and, and trying but maybe in midfield he, he'll be popping off the shoulder and that kind of running through the centre might suit him that little bit more rather than with his back to goal a lot so it depends sometimes it can really free up hurlers yeah no exactly so Owen Cody scored 1-4 um, for Ballyhale Shamrock. So, like, I mean, another Cody. I don't know. Uh, do you know much about Owen? Well, like, what a story this guy has. I'm so impressed with him at the weekend. Seemed to have so much space all the time. Every almost every point he got, you know, he, he his movement obviously was ex- exceptional. But his story is great. Like, he's still in St. Kieran's at the moment. He came on in the colleges all Ireland last year and was actually taken off again. So to be see his rise is, is phenomenal and you know thing he, last time he played in Turles here he was okay the, you know real disappointing day and then a year later he's, he's arguably man in the match in a 
in um, less than a year, actually, arguably man the match in a senior club all Ireland semi final and hitting one four on a dirty wet evening. Like that's that's some fairy tale story. And uh, I was impressed with him in the Leinster final when I saw him as well. You know, he he's 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 quite good now in fairness to him and he's he's elusive. He's able to get around the place. He you might think you ha- you have him, but as you can see from his his point scoring at the weekend in particular, he's 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 a decent hurler. He is, yeah. And I thought there was a lovely bit of skill when he got in on the goal that time because he wanted to make sure of it and instead of just dropping it out of his hand and scoring from maybe four, a bit outside 14, he dropped it back on his hurl, came right in onto the six-yard box and then just, you know, did it, did it without catching it. I thought that showed a lot of composure for a fella his age to drop it back on the hurl that second time knowing he couldn't catch it. Yeah, definitely. And I'd say, look, obviously I can't speak for him, but he, I'd say he, he probably thought he might he was going to be hooked. So right. he, he put it back on the hurl so you can kind of cause someone to, to dive in you only get one opportunity to that hook so uh, I'd say that's what he maybe taught himself and that was clever play obviously and, and made absolute sure but he completely burned Hutchinson at that stage so he, he probably had loads of time he didn't know yeah. and, and and then he, he showed a little bit of uh, greenness or greediness at the very last score he got like he probably should have thrown it inside threw a dummy hand pass and went through himself and had another goal at his mercy but, yeah. but fired it over the bar but uh um, if the game was on the melting pot and he didn't throw that one inside, I'd say Sheffield would have had another word with him. So you don't want to knock too much out of him. There's that fine line between uh, you want that little bit of uh, greediness and a forward, but at the same time, you, you need to know when, when it really is appropriate to throw it off. Yeah, exactly. There's not a pick on him, is there? There's one thing I notice. He's got little arms on him there that say he hasn't done a bench press in his whole life. This is just pure ability and skill. Again, what club hurling for me really comes down to, you know what I mean? It, it, there was no, they didn't look like maybe I'm doing him a disservice here, but like he's still only young, so he shouldn't be focusing on weights anyways. But there, he's he's a tiny little slip of a fella. Yeah, but look, that I think you're right when I said when that that club hurling, that's the essence of it, and I think that's what's great about it. He can be, you don't have to have a big, you know, chest and arms and shoulders to be able to to mix it and. You know, you can dot guys around the field to to get in and 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 do that sort of work. And but obviously, you've got to be able to hurl first and foremost. But you know, Ballyhale, you know, they they play a lot of lovely style hurling. They're trying to play a low ball in front wherever possible. There's obviously times it'll have to go route one, and they have Colin Fenley to do that. But on Cody's well able to to win high ball as well. So, um, you know, they they're they're really good, and they've a lot of young players, but. They'll be coming up probably against a little bit more experienced team around the field um, in St. Thomas's. Yeah, now that you mentioned St. Thomas's, um, Aina Burke, we talked with David there. He's the he's the youngest of them and he got three from play. So I think he was playing maybe in the full forward line or it could have been centre half forward. It was three from play anyways. And like I mean, like I was saying with David, there's five brothers on that team. There was six in 2013. They've only lost... They've lost the one, Sean, and uh, there's there's five brothers um, still on it. So, like, I mean, Ain is on the Galway panel as well. So, you know, like, we talked about that Galway forward line and find it really difficult to break in. Someone who's as good as him, you know, hasn't really been seen at inter-county level as much. No, it's amazing because, again, another guy with a, a great underage talent um, or, or, you know, track record, minor and under-21 and... Obviously, with St. Thomas as well, he can play anywhere. He can play the half-back line, midfield, and obviously he's doing a job up centre-forward um, predominantly for St. Thomas's. And, you, you know, the game on, on Saturday was real tight and obviously Cushendall played a sweeper. So, scoring three points in that type of game is no mean feat. So, 
this guy is well able to hurl and you know again that that's more hurlers we're talking about in Galway still has no consistency at at, at senior level but you know again we talk we've talked about it already the, the amount of hurlers that they have um you know there David obviously is the, the better known brother he's a fantastic talent and won a Fitzgibbon Cup final with, with David Burke and um Himself and Pat Cronin were middle of the field that day. In, Jesus. In and I thought Pat Cronin was after getting man the match. I, I turned around and said to Pat, you're definitely man the match, four points in play. Next went they announced the man the match. David Burke, man the match, five points in play. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, so <laughs> much I was paying attention. So a nice, that was some midfield to have. But, you know, like David Burke, every day he goes out there, he's so consistent and he's one of, being one of Galva's main hurlers. But, Aina, touching on that, he's, he's just probably... Not as consistent as David, um, but you know he's another talent, and you'd love to see him now get a little bit of game time there with Galway. Maybe, maybe he could, you know, offer something else in there as well because he, he he offers an alternative. Because you know, as we always talk about Galway, they're all big men. We're talking about maybe you know just an alternative style player because he's he's not small, but he's not exactly um, he's not touching on six foot either. So maybe he'll offer something different. Yeah, well, the Con- or Connor Whelan used to be small until they bulked him up, and now he's like a little Hulk going around the place. So like, I mean, it's this Pol- Polish strength and conditioning fella. Even if you're small, he's making you big, and that's the way that's the way it's. Uh, it's working incredible, uh, Connor Whelan, from when he broke on as the number ten, the wing forward. He was kind of a slim enough fella, and how how stocky he's after getting, isn't he? He's just a he's a real like strength. Yeah, is he's a, an animal. He was always he's wiry, but now he's wiry yeah. and strong. Yeah, and he's unbelievable. Whether it's in the air or or in that kind of bent over position, trying to win the hard, dirty ball, and he's phenomenal he's a weird real weird way of striking the ball because he, he, even even off um, he, you know he's favoured right side he strikes underneath the ball hits it very high when he's going for scoring the amount of times you know we've seen Hawkeye every time he shoots because he hits it so high but he's so accurate and he's not afraid to shoot from anywhere Conor Wheels is a serious talent yeah serious talent right performance of the weekend I'm not going to keep you any longer we'll give it to Owen Cody 1-4 um, one four at his age in an Ireland semi-final. He'll never forget that day. And again, the bit of composure that you don't lick that up off the ground to be able to. If you're even if even when you you think you might be hooked, a lot of players will go. Jesus, here's the goals. Bang, panic stations, shot, hook, ball cleared out. Do you know what I mean? He had that composure to mm. all this was going on being processed in his head in a split second. So on Cody, um, is performance of the weekend. And we'll let you go there, Brian. Thanks very much. Thanks, Wally. We'll be back on Thursday, as usual, with a preview show. Talk to you then. Good luck. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.